0: Welcome everyone to the Nerd Journey Podcast, episode 200. We're joining you every week to talk IT career progression and bring you the advice we wish we had been given earlier in our careers. I'm your host, Nick Cordy, at NetworkNerd underscore on Twitter, joined by my co-host, the one and only John White at B journeyman Hey John, how's it going?
1: Doing great. just want to remind everybody that we are both pre-sales technical engineers with backgrounds in IT operations. We hope our career discussions will be vendor-neutral, relevant across disciplines, and remain timeless. If you're enjoying our content, please drop us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you happen to be subscribing. And if you want to get in touch with us, tweet or DM at nerdjourney. Ultimately, we're just two nerds on a journey. A journey to career enlightenment. So let's take a trip.
0: I feel like that intro was just flawless. Don't you agree?
1: Yeah, hundred and ninety nine reps and we just have it down cold. It's just it just we don't even have to go off a script anymore. Yeah. It's amazing.
0: Never have bloopers or mess ups. I love it.
1: It definitely did not take us three times to record that.
0: Should we just call this episode Two Tired Dudes or Two Highly Caffeinated Dudes? <laughs> I think that's I think that's exactly what it is. Well it's a special day, John. This is episode two hundred. And it's time to get the crystal ball out. So we're going to do some statistics fun, right? We're going to share statistics with our listeners. We're going to reflect on times past, things we enjoyed, favorite moments, lessons we learned, and where we might go from here. Because, I mean, we told Chris Wall we were going to go to 1,000 episodes. I feel like we have to hit that now.
1: Yeah, we're a fifth of the way there. Mm -hmm. No problem, Chris. I have to say... I think we've really front-loaded this. If there's one thing people love, it's statistics. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're going to start with, right?
0: Yeah, it's all about the metrics. I mean, we've talked about how important metrics are, so we're going to share those just out of the gate. So State of the Union, we're recording this on November 17th, so a little bit before this releases, right? The statistics may be slightly different, but as of right now, total show listens 39,403 across many different countries. 61 unique guests. By the way, if you have been a guest on Nerd Journey, we salute you and thank you so much for the time that you spent with us and the great lessons we've learned from you. There are 200 numbered episodes with 10 bonus episodes, and there's one extra in there because we had episode 18A and 18B. And if you want to hear more about the story behind that, listen to episode 100 where we go into it. (laughs) Here's the fun part. What John doesn't know is he's about to participate in a game called "Guess the Top Ten Episodes After 200 Episodes." So, John, do you feel like you're you're good? Do you feel like you're ready for this? Oh no, <laughs> I am. I I feel
1: like I am not good. Oh, all I have is blind guesses.
0: While you're thinking, we'll just go through the timeline. Let me take everybody back to a time. In December 2017, when we started our first practice recordings. And then the timeline goes to the release of our trailer in July 2018. Episode 100 was published on December 9th, 2020. And episode 200 will publish on November 29th, 2022. I feel like you're ready now. I've, I've stalled yeah. a little bit to, to get you ready. Yeah. Now, just to, just to whet the appetite, John. Mm-hmm. Here were the top 10 episodes as of episode 100, okay? Okay. Number 10 with 191 downloads was episode 85, Imposter Syndrome, Anxiety, and Effective Listening with Cody D'Arkland. There were two episodes tied for number eight with 192 downloads. That's episode 69, Effective Remote Work Practices, and Ethan Banks and the Journey to Career Self-Awareness, episode 42. At number seven, with 194 downloads, we had episode 63, Managing Online Communities and Career Path, part two with Nick Tolstachev. Number six, with 201 downloads, episode 65, Your Position Has Been Eliminated with Mike Burkhart, part two. Number five, with 210 downloads, episode 45, Career Conversations with Your Manager. Number four with 216 downloads episode 67 three-month check-in as a Google Cloud customer engineer with John White part 2 number 3 with 220 downloads episode 64 your position has been eliminated with Mike Burkhart, part 1 number 2 with 225 downloads episode 68 when life disrupts your work-life balance and then the number one downloaded episode as of episode 100 was episode 66 three-month check-in as a Google Cloud customer engineer with John White, part one. Okay. That was more thinking time for you, John. So I I expect really good things from this. Now, the question for you is, did anything that was in the top 10 before stay in the top 10 as of today? What do you think?
1: I think yes. My guess is that I seem to remember that the Google Cloud engineer check-in episode was popular enough... And we kept on talking about it as being popular so that it stayed in. That mm-hmm. is that is my response.
0: Okay. Anything else? Oh, of all of those?
1: No. Okay.
0: Anything that you would throw up that you think is in the top 10 now that we've done since then?
1: Yes. My guesses for top 10 would be the episodes with Stephanie Wong, the episodes with Stephen Mur- Murawski, mm-hmm. the episodes with Don Jones. Mm-hmm. And let me see. Off the top of my head, I think nothing else.
0: Oh, wait, maybe episodes with Chris Wall. Okay, okay. So that's my guesses. All right, report card time. Are you ready? All right. Number 10, episode 141, book discussion on deep work part one. No way. With 289 downloads. Now, we have just willed that into the top 10 because we've mentioned it so many times. I think that's That is a good point. Yes. It's got to be. We've linked back to yeah. it so many times. It's in the top <laughs> so ten. So many mentions, so, yeah. That, that's how you get something in the top ten.
1: So, my yeah, my question is, is episode 142 anywhere
0: in the top ten? That's, <laughs> that's the metric that
1: we'll use.
0: Actually, no, it's not. Oh. <laughs> we well, there a, you go. <laughs> we did a seven-part series on deep work of a planned two, and only one of them made the top ten, and that was the first one. I guess, I don't know. We did not hook people with part one. We must have faded after the first coming out strong. <laughs> Number nine, episode 155, an open source career with Tom Hatch. 291 downloads.
1: Oh, that was a really good episode. That does not surprise me. I really enjoyed that conversation.
0: Yeah, that was a good one. Number eight, episode 157, take note of your time with Josh Duffney. 295 Seriously. downloads.
1: Uh, that, that warms my heart. That is one of my favorite episodes. Josh Daphne is one of my favorite guests, so yeah.
0: Agree. Feel very validated. <laughs> Number seven, episode 149, Find Your Gratitude, Find Your Joy with Chris Wall with 299 downloads. So you got one. Check mark okay. for John. I've got one. Got one. Number six, episode 153, Creating a Full Stack Career with Scott Lowe part two of two, 305 downloads.
1: I don't know how I would have forgotten about the Scott Lowe episodes. Yes, of course. Is it just
0: one or? It's actually both. So number five, episode 152, the theme of your career with Scott Lowe, which was part one, 307 downloads.
1: Yeah, makes a lot of sense.
0: It's a really good interview. Yeah, yeah, very good. Number four, episode 125, The Gateway to Networking Mastery with Tom Hollingsworth. That is a part one of three with 310 downloads. Ooh, okay. Number three, episode 156, Better Notes, Better You with Josh Duffney. That was a part one of two. (laughs) Okay, terrific. So same series of Josh Duffneys made it into the top 10. Okay. Same series with Scott Lowe. Number two. Episode 127, Countdown to Burnout with Tom Hollingsworth, Part 3 of 3, with 336 downloads.
1: Oh, wow. Okay.
0: Number one. And I think still number one. Actually, wait. Uh, let me go back. Is it still number one? Uh, he's building the tension. So, the defending champion for top downloaded episode remains Episode 66, Three-Month Check-In as a Google Cloud oh. Customer Engineer with John White, Part 1, Part 1 with a staggering 465 downloads. Wow. Wait, before you react. Episode okay. 67, which was the part two of that, is actually number 13 in the all-time download list, so... Oh, wow, okay. We're not talking about Google enough, I guess. Yeah, wow.
1: Yeah, we did a lot more uh, check-ins in the first 100 episodes with each other.
0: Agree, yeah, we did, and maybe maybe,
1: Maybe we need to do some more of that. Lessons that you've learned now that your tenure at VMware has surpassed what my tenure at VMware was. Almost five years now. Yeah, wow. I I checked my calendar, and it I hit almost to the day four years. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I just passed my third year at Google Cloud, so...
0: Man, it's crazy to think it's been that long.
1: Yeah, yeah. Wow. I, I'm shocked, actually, that that episode uh, remained a number one. I actually when it wasn't in like by the time you got to number five i was like oh well if it didn't make that you know bottom of the top 10 then it's not going to be there but that's really surprising
0: i think if we go back and check your twitter history there's a lot of promotion of that episode i mean we should be able to export that and and validate that i'm right
1: oh okay yeah i think uh we might need to do that soon (laughs)
0: um maybe
1: (laughs) it's it's the thing that i've mentioned on mastodon the most Yeah. Okay, now I need to actually see about setting up Mastodon.
0: Continuing on the stats fun, uh, some of the top early episodes, episode one had 207 downloads and episode 20 had 193 downloads. So not quite as many as those in the current top 10.
1: What about the quote-unquote trailer episode?
0: Do you happen to know that off the top of your head? I don't know that, but I can tell you. Hold, please.
1: Because it is our... Pinned tweet, and it has been it since is. we
0: set up. That would be 177 <laughs> downloads since publishing on July 17th, 2018. Ah, okay. So, not terrible. Not terrible. Not terrible. I guess not everybody watches the trailer before they start watching the series, you know? <laughs> Maybe that's what There's it an is. an
1: hour-long trailer episode.
0: A couple more stats for you. Can you name the repeat guests that we've had, John?
1: Ooh, the ones that I can think of are Mike Burkhart and Josh Duffney.
0: Yes, but, two for two. I like it. Is so it is, are they the only those two? Those are the only repeat guests. Oh, okay. Special shout out to Mike Burkhart for talking about a super difficult subject, grief loss of a child in episodes 109 and 110. That was that was tough for him to do, no. and, and we salute you, Mike, for doing that. There was one guest that only had one episode with us. Do you remember who that was? I think I only
1: happen to know that it's Ramsey Marjabah of We the Sales Engineers.
0: Nice. And I wasn't in that episode because I was sick as a dog that time.
1: <laughs> I think I've more than made up for it by missing some episodes since then.
0: <laughs> well, you, you had some good reasons. And we only had one show or one series of episodes with two guests at a time, and that was the series with A.J. Kuftik and Paul Woodward Jr. in episodes 39 and 40.
1: That's right. I'd completely forgotten that we did that. I seem to remember that I found it difficult to balance who I was asking questions from and making sure that both of them were getting represented in answers, and that might just
0: be, you know, skills, our skills. It was hard, no doubt. It's a little bit different skill set when it's two on two instead of two on one, right? Right, right. I'm with you. More practice needed for both. Yeah. In the first 100 episodes, we had our first trilogy. Do you remember who the first trilogy was? Oh, my goodness. No. Who was it? That would be Josh Fidel, a.k.a. the Lord of the Pings. (laughs) Now, since that time, I count eight other trilogies with guests. And really the reason we end up having trilogies is because we end up having a really good conversation that we need to chop up into three pieces. So as not to make any one piece too long. Yeah. Our style has become, I guess you would say intimate long form content with each guest to tell more of their story than we could in just one episode.
1: Yeah. And I think we made the format choice that, even an hour (laughs) chopping it into like, you know, even 50 minute segments was too long. Yeah. Maybe that's just uh, me personally thinking like, Oh no, that's just way too long. You know, ideally nothing would be longer than 40 minutes, but sure. Yeah.
0: And then those guys that have to say something in the intro and outro, I mean, Oh my goodness. They just go on and on. How about favorite moments, John? Do you want to go first in this one? Oh, sure. Yeah. I have, I would
1: say a real problem with this just because i had so many you
0: you could have stopped there yeah i have a real problem
1: i have a real problem i do have a real problem i think if i go back like roughly stephanie wong that conversation i felt was really good it was the first google cloud guest that we've had and i think to date the only one (laughs) which goes to show how much of a slacker i am about asking people at my own company to be guests on the podcast just a really cool conversation, unique background, and really interesting take on a diverse set of skills and really finding that, that niche within the career to, to emphasize. I think the next one I can think of, oh, Stephanie Wong, that was episodes 177 and 178. Dominique Top, those are episodes 174, 175. Uh, she had a really unique origin story which I would challenge you to go listen to. And I think it's become the kind of exemplar that we have of, oh, you think that you have a non-traditional background and don't necessarily belong in tech? Like, is your background less traditional than Dominique Topps? Yeah. Louise Bunyan, episodes 162, 163, and 164, I think. That was a really great conversation about career from a different side of it. It's more from like that recruiting side or marketing. If you want to think about that copywriting and then especially that moment that really clicked for me was when we asked her about search engine optimization for writing on the web and especially career oriented content and she did a just an amazing job of explaining that and still just kind of blows my mind we need to coalesce that into a note i think
0: yeah and the the story about the barter she made oh, if you yes. haven't heard that one that was a great yeah. story
1: yeah the episodes with josh duffney i think all happened in the last 100 episodes so that's 123 124 and 156 157 just a really awesome series of conversations like really tough to pick out one moment i i think the the second series where we were talking about note taking and zettelkasten or smart notes um his book how to take smart notes with obsidian the idea of a digital garden where you kind of publish those notes for people to look at we have adopted and that is how we got to graph.nerd-journey.com. That's our version. And of course, his advocacy of Obsidian. That really made me finally download Obsidian, pick it up, start using it, and kind of accelerated my taking of smart notes. Don Jones in episode 137, 138 talked about so many things, you know, Ampere Club, owning your own tech career, but the discussion of the Apprenticeship system, and how you know maybe we need more of that, and how it still persists in other skilled careers like medicine. I think that really has stuck with me. Chris Wall, I mean, see, already it's too many, right? Chris Wall, episode 148, 149, maximizing value and joy in your career. That's something that I kind of took away and still think about, and then also the value of building connections. Eric Brooker, episodes 139, 140. That kind of unique view from the sales side in technology sales. Like, we're technical salespeople, pre-sales technical sales engineers. What about the pure salesperson? And his viewpoint on a sales career was really, really fascinating. The individual contributor to leadership path that he took, also interesting. His take on podcasting and how... That has been a growth method for him. Also really, really cool. Really solidified some things that I had in, in my mind that I think Ramsey Marjabah, I think, also mentioned. Hey, you know, I get to talk to these people. Eric had a slightly different take on that. Hey, I need to keep up with these people that I'm interviewing. I need to read the stuff that they'd, they've written so I have something intelligent to ask them. Really awesome. Mike Burkhart in episodes 109 and 110 again you mentioned that he talked about grief losing a child i think that was a really difficult topic for him to talk about and it was a very amazing topic to approach from the viewpoint of learning about compassion and empathy that a coworker or a friend can express and everybody's unique so i don't think that Mike was saying, hey, you have to treat everybody the way that I wanted to be treated. But his perception and take on it, I think, was really, really powerful. And I wish I had learned some of those ideas a little bit earlier, but it's definitely something that I carry with me. And then finally, Stephen Murawski, episodes 105 through 107, beginner mindset and that drive that he had to come from behind his statement was, I felt like I started too late in my career. I was older than most people starting in tech. It's funny to bookend this discussion with two different people who had what they thought were non traditional backgrounds in technology, right? With Stephanie Wong and Stephen Morovsky to both be where they are when they came to an interview with us. Kind of says to me again. I don't know what a typical career looks like, but these really interesting people did not have what I think people imagine a, a typical tech career looks like. First of all, there is no standard like career path, right? Who gets into technical sales or IT straight out of college, like who dreams about becoming a technologist at the age of 10 or in become, you know becoming a salesperson. You know, it's just not typical. So anyway, way too many of what I would consider favorite moments,
0: but... We didn't put a limit on it. Yeah.
1: I think that I went back across our list and I found a reason that I would re-listen to every single episode that we did. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that it's a testament to the power of the people that we had on and the topics that we discussed. There's just a lot there, and you know, maybe it would be helpful to kind of go back with some of these things and and have time codes so people could just jump straight to that specific topic. But I also think that the entire episode and episode series is, is worth listening to on a bunch of these.
0: I agree. Well, it's funny because that goes to my favorite moments. And once again, as happens with you and me, we tend to approach things from a slightly different angle at times. And so I don't know that any of mine are like specific episodes, maybe some, but these are all things surrounding the show. That's the context I'll give before I go down the list. Does that sound good? So I wrote down one of my favorite moments is the gift of recorded advice. Every time you listen back as the editor to an, an episode, an interview, it's a gift of advice. And a lot of times it's advice I needed to hear when I was listening back, whether doing show notes or doing editing. Yeah, I think some of the questions we asked, they were certainly for other people, but in some ways they were for us too, because we might have been struggling or wondering those same things that we wanted our listeners to hear. They were lessons for us too. (laughs) Specific instances, I remember recording an episode in my living room floor. I had to sit in my living room because my wireless router was going crazy right next to it with microphone in hand and... John and Mike Burkhart were patient enough to spend a little more time with me and and wait until I got set up in the living room so that I could make it work. But we stayed up late and recorded a really recorded a really good show.
1: I remember that too. <laughs> that was hilarious.
0: And then getting up super early to interview Dominique Top because you know she's in the UK and interviewing people like Manny Sadu and Phil Monk. Kind of off hours. A lot of times we interview in the evening, so we might do it in the morning for those people, or have to do something during the day. Louise Bunyan is from me as well, so that was that was kind of fun. Maybe there's a different energy because it's a different time of day. And the the stinger after one of the Don Jones episodes is one of my favorites. So we did it like two hundred fifty thousand dollar pyramid. I don't know what made you think of that, but it just cracks me up every time I think about it.
1: it's funny, I just uh, realized that we both had Dominique Top, and that's definitely an episode that I had to miss. I
0: think I was sick. Some of the other favorite moments were meeting some of the guests in person that I had never met in person, like Stephanie Wong. We met up with her at VMware Explorer, and I I missed meeting Tom Hatch by a couple hours this year, so maybe, maybe at some point, maybe I'll get out to where he lives or our paths will cross and... There are a number of others that I would love to meet in person if we haven't met yet. (laughs) And then there was the, I'm sure you remember, John, in the lunchroom at VMworld, I think it was 2019, when we recorded an entire episode, but we didn't really record it. Somebody did not press the record button. Yeah, so we we practiced that one before we recorded (laughs) it. (laughs) And then... Being able to, to ask some of these guests and keep up with them, ask them for things after the fact, like I roped Jimmy Tassin into being part of a spice corps meeting for me and David Klee as well. He did a, a deep dive on database performance because he's fantastic at that. And a lot of the lessons learned on the podcast ended up applying to my personal life too. Like the smart notes thing and Josh Duffney. I was able to help my daughter write a research paper using that methodology and I mean, I really should write a blog about it, but I at least let him know that I used the things I learned from him to do that. I I think that's a good thing. When we learn something from someone, we should let them know that, hey, I learned this from you. Like being able to email and even talk on the phone to Jonathan Frappier and checking in, hey man, your conversation on burnout hit me really hard, and I listened back to it again, and Email chats with Evan Oldford, Chris Wall, Ramsey Marjaba, Amy Hervey, so many, right? Yep. Just asking them questions after the fact, like, oh, I wish I had asked this. Reading books that they've written. Some of the off-air conversations you and I have had, because we've talked about all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Just you and me. Different topics, life, career, beyond. And same with the guests. You have a lot of fun off-air conversations about random things, chasing squirrels. <laughs> I really enjoyed us getting to do the presentation at Explore, you know, the, because we think in two different ways, it was interesting to put together a, a co-presentation yeah. and to structure it the right way so that it would fit within our styles and the way we deliver it. And then we got to do one for the VMUG UserCon, a virtual user Con, virtual UserCon for India this year. Yeah. That was pre-recorded. And then I did one, I did a version of that at the Dallas UserCon and just a few weeks ago, And I want to say a big shout out to Joe Hughes. He came to that presentation and and asked questions. And it was just super encouraging to to see him there. Somebody with so many great thoughts on career already coming to listen to something I had to say. It's just kind of (laughs) humbling, you know?
1: Yeah. If I had to tag one on, I would say every time that we've got to spend time in person with each other, uh, whether or not we were (laughs) uh, doing it because of the podcast, that has been really valuable for me. I would say 100% that just, yeah, the, the physical distance between, you know, California and Texas kind of precludes like a really tight relationship unless you happen to be doing a project with that person. And the fact that we've been able to maintain this and maintain these conversations, like I would say we talked once or twice a year, like that was our cadence before doing the yeah. podcast. And then after, mm-hmm. you know, it becomes once a week, if not more. Or every other day. Yeah. <laughs> at least messages back and forth, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. And that, that's that been awesome. And then being able to do that in person is just magnified.
0: 100%.
1: Even you can see how our brains work differently. We both had the same prompt, favorite moments. Yours were surrounding the show and mine were guests. <laughs>
0: Hey, that's, oh, so funny. that's just how it goes, right? Open-ended. So that's why you well, have more
1: than one person on a project, so that you yeah. get complimentary uh, things
0: out of it. Well, it's it's the same in the What We Learn section, so why don't we go there next? Oh, okay. Do you want to go first?
1: Yeah, sure. So I think for me, um, the things that I learned and took away from this past 100 episodes, the first is thing that popped in my mind was I just had my thoughts crystallized around the idea of performance career performance how to get better at doing one's job and advancing one's career like the what are the steps and what are the elements of doing that and the fact that we had to do the VMware explore session really forced me to dive into our show notes to kind of extract all the advice and then fit it into a pattern. And the fact that we were able to break it down into kind of four things, you know, represented by four books, that was really, really cool for me. It was a kind of that first experience around Zettelkasten where you look at the backlog of notes and how they interact with each other and pull out patterns and say, well, this is what I'm coalescing around Very first experience with that. Very, very cool.
0: Yeah. And kudos to John because without that sort of structure to the presentation, I don't know that it would have come across in what we think was a helpful way. You know, it might have been much harder to structure, maybe not as helpful.
1: Yeah. We had some ideas, but having those things and being able to pull out the reference very, very quickly and kind of extract what each individual person said and then generalize it that that was really really cool to be able to do like i said it was a great experience and it just kind of spurred on my commitment to smart notes so that those kinds of things can happen again in the future i think reading getting exposed to and then reading deep work was a massive massive shift for me that idea the, of Attention and concentration being one of the premiums that you have, one of the things that you can really spend. You know, I think an oversimplification of that might be your time, but time spent in deep, deep concentration uninterrupted, that's, you know, the most difficult and hardworking time that you can spend as a knowledge worker. And kind of having that idea getting exposed to that idea was was a massive massive eye-opening lesson for me the zettelkasten smart notes i already talked about the application of that but just the exposure to it talking to josh duffney about it the exposure to the obsidian software and josh's idea of you know showing your work kind of publishing it your kind of personal roadmap and and your notes and what you're working on and what you've done in the past, having all that available in public, that was really awesome and something that we've implemented basically. So again, just another aspect of that same smart notes idea. And then I think my last lesson that I've heard or learned is that fatherhood is difficult.
0: Indeed it is.
1: (laughs) Having, my daughter born uh, about seven months ago, that just was a whole new perspective. Not necessarily related to the show, but it is a lesson that I've learned in the past hundred episodes.
0: (laughs) Well, it impacts the show, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Definitely had to take a break, that's for sure. How about you, Nick?
0: So if you recall, if anybody listened to episode 128, I actually had to learn how to edit because the first 112 episodes were completely edited by John. And so I did everything I could to not have to learn it until, well, I had to learn it. (laughs) And then then I decided I would learn it. So I will say that I had to learn a lot of lessons on protecting time for the show, because it was something that I consider mine in a way right like I don't own the content right but from a time that I want to spend this is one of the things that's important to me to spend time on during my week and I think that if you're trying to do something whether it's a personal project you'll probably reach points where it gets harder and you have to decide are you going to continue to put in the work and keep it going even though it's a little bit more challenging. And when I say challenging, I think what I really mean is a little more time pressure. As life became more normal again, and I'm now doing editing, right, it got to be challenging at times to to stay ahead of the game. And when I say stay ahead, of course, we're recording this before the U.S. Thanksgiving so that we can both be on Thanksgiving break and not have to record a show but my goal was to make sure we don't miss a release. And so far, been able to hit that, and I've been super stubborn about it. And, yeah, I I decided, okay, I'm going to keep pushing, and I'm going to rearrange things so that I can do this. And my family is in full support of that. You know, my wife, hey, don't you have a podcast to edit? Yeah, I do. I need to do that. And I have learned that even though Saturdays are usually nerd journey work on podcast days, I can't always, I don't always have the brain power to spend an entire day doing editing or notes, or I need to take more breaks or do it in more small chunks throughout the week so that I don't have these massive energy lulls and, you know, burn bright and then have to refuel, so to speak, and I I talked about just about burning out this year in episode 179, so trying to make sure that I get enough rest and using the podcast and working on it as kind of a creative stimulant and a form of a form of rest, but not a form of stress, right? I don't want it to be a form of stress because... <laughs> yeah. But it's something I really enjoy. I think I just got a lot busier with everything surrounding life in general, and it, it became more challenging. But it still remained something that i wanted to do so i had to learn to make sure the pipeline of content was full with guests and recorded interviews and okay it's time to make sure we recruit more guests because we have ideas and you can't let that slip even though you're pushing the content out oh yeah you need to make sure and and each week do a little promotion of the show and so just a just a routine to get in trying to build your own content CICD pipeline. That's kind of what I had to learn how to do all in the same 24 hours we get every day as humans. Yeah, that's
1: super powerful. I want to ask a question Mm -hmm. about episodes that you think maybe didn't get enough attention because you had access or were looking at the statistics. So I'm thinking that you must have seen you know, what was super popularly downloaded and then what wasn't necessarily in that top 10, 20, or even 30 that you thought, oh man, like there's there's got to be some, some content in there that should have been more popular in your opinion.
0: The first category that I would say from an underrated standpoint is some of the shows with people who weren't in IT. Hmm. Certainly, we've had our share of technologists or at least people who work heavily with technologists, like Kate Imshoff was a good one, right? She works for VMUG, Right. works heavily with technologists. And so that was a good series of episodes. And I think 117 and 118. Yeah, that's right. And then there was Amy Hervey, episodes 60 and 61. This is someone who is a marketing professional. You know, she's done that for HR services companies. And her thoughts on blogging and self-promotion, when is too much, I really enjoyed those. Marissa Eckberg, episode 49 and 50, to hear context about company culture from an HR professional. Maybe, maybe she's not been in tech, She certainly worked with technologists, but interesting outside perspective. And then we had Blake Johnson in episodes 135 and 136. Car salesman, right? Car salesman and uh, owns a fitness business. So we talked about all sorts of stuff. And then Randall Cook, an architect who went into doing his own thing with holistic nutrition and wellness coaching. I thought all those were were quite interesting. And like with Blake and with Randall and even with Michael Levan, to some extent, we talked about nutrition and how that can power your day based yeah. on your choices. And we've we've talked to many people who were IT operations. Many people who were pre-sales technical people, technical marketing, things like that were fairly common. We also had people who went into security, cybersecurity, like Donovan Farrow, 133 and 134. And then, of course, we touched on it a little bit with Bill Kendall and what his transition was like, episode 180, 181, and 182. The list could go on and on. I actually think some of the episodes with just you and me, John, in the early top twenty were were pretty good. Like episode nine, how to dress for an interview, the best all time John White rant. <laughs> I mentioned it in episode one hundred, but hey, it's worth mentioning again because it was awesome. So it's, it's a masterclass in how to trigger me. Yes, yeah, and there have been other triggers. I mean, don't worry. Well, I haven't been capturing the metadata, but maybe we need stats on that the next time we do a reflection episode, the number of times I've triggered John <laughs> or the number of swing dancing references. I, I don't know if we've captured that. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. Any episode where swing dancing is mentioned, is, is, I consider that underrated. <laughs> <laughs> but those are just some of the ones that, that I would say maybe weren't as popular as I I thought they might have been. You never can tell how popular something's going to be when you record it because we can think it's valuable and good. But if not everybody else does, they just don't. Yeah. Or maybe they missed it. I I would say be open to listening to people who do something completely different than you do and the journey they went through because you might find that they're not so different than you in a lot of ways.
1: Yeah. I think what is fascinating for me about that is to hear those lessons that they've learned and the alternative perspective that those people bring because that is literally a perspective that I cannot have because I did not have that background and I did not go through those experiences. So it's extremely valuable for me to hear about their background and experiences and then the points of view that those background and experiences have driven. And maybe that exposes some insight that I wouldn't have had otherwise. Maybe it completes a pattern in my brain that I might not have had completed for a much longer time. Who knows? You know, that that kind of perspective is always super valuable.
0: What if we gaze into the future, John? Or what do we want to cover in the future? Let's brainstorm on that real quick. Sure.
1: I think the first thing that pops into my mind on that topic is something that's been rolling around and I think that I've mentioned before, but it's really kind of crystallized in the past couple months since we have done more smart notes and publishing in that kind of Zettel in method. And that is kind of taking the macro topics that we've mentioned and having a roll up note about that topic and the things that we've learned about it and a reference back to the people who said those things. And sometimes the, you know, those people are us. An early example would have been something that we got asked at VMware Explorer this year, advice about writing a resume. I think we covered that pretty early, and then we haven't really revisited it. And it's something that maybe we need to kind of ask our guests as maybe a more regular thing, especially if they've been hiring managers. Well, what was important and what stood out when you were hiring people on a resume And kind of collect more data on that and and see if we can tease out any patterns. And then every once in a while, maybe every 50 or 60 episodes, I guess, do another episode on that topic and kind of review, here's the structure of a resume, here's the advice that we've been given and what we've heard from various people, and here's all the new advice. And that is all at a specific spot. Not necessarily always the show notes because the show notes are a snapshot, but there's also a living document of that that tracks every new guest that says something insightful or even somebody who reinforces a point will add that person to that living document and say, this person reinforced this point in this episode. To have that kind of thing for blogging, for resume writing, for technical presentations, for interviewing, you know, all of those kind of macro topics, saving money so you have a nest egg or a safety margin if you get fired, you know, what to do when and if you get fired. All of those topics that we've heard, but we haven't kind of coalesced into a living document. I think that might be a valuable thing to have that we can just have as a reference, revisit every once in a while. And mine for questions, you know, oh, you say that you left this job and you got let go. Tell us what you learned about getting fired, you know, or downsized or, you know, when the company was acquired and you were given, you know, a year severance package or something like that. What, what lessons did you learn from that? Whatever that situation is. So I think that's a something that is challenging, but I think that maybe we should tackle in the future.
0: How about you? I think to go along with deliberate practice, there's this concept of deliberate rest that I've recently read about that I think we should explore. Really great book on the topic, Ooh. which maybe we do a book review of that. And then I I actually think that it would be cool to continue with the different types of personas. You know, we had David Babbitt on our first product manager, episodes one ninety five, one ninety six, and one ninety seven. What about people who went into data analytics or machine learning, AI, project management, other things within the IT umbrella or even beyond it, just to showcase the number of different possibilities out there that people could could go. Yeah, yeah. I actually think it was Joe Hughes who asked me what was one of the things that I learned from doing the podcast. And what I said was, I didn't realize there were so many options for where you could go next based on where you are. It just never seemed like it was quite so open in the things you might be qualified to do until we started learning about all these people's career paths.
1: That's a great idea. We'll have to uh, put some notes together about those personas and then maybe target some people. And if, people in the audience have ideas about who we should be talking to about any of those categories of jobs or categories of positions that we've missed, we'd love to hear about those as well.
0: If there's somebody we need to convince to be on the show, send them to us and we'll we'll do our best.
1: Yeah. You mentioned a book. I think that there's a couple books that I would like to maybe bring, and they are books that were in our Presentation at VMware Explorer and made it into our VMUG presentations, and that is the two books were Show Your Work and Atomic Habits. They're both pretty short and have, you know, really powerfully signposted main points, and I think that they wouldn't be seven-episode series book reviews. I think we could do it in one each,
0: maybe. Oh, and don't sell us short, John. We have the ability. <laughs>
1: we, we can take a, a, a small topic and blow it up into at least two episodes. Does that mean we talk too much? All I'll say is that the deep work episode one made it into the top ten, but none of the upper, others did.
0: Oh, that's just another link back to episode
1: 141. That's... Yeah, that's true. That's that's a good point. we got to keep on driving that traffic. I think we had some really interesting points in episode 147. That was the last in our series about or Deep Work, uh, but you'll probably have to read or or listen to episodes 142, 143, 144, 145, and 146 in order to really get to those insights for episode 147,
0: Deep Work by Cal Newport. Man, it's going to be brutal for whoever does the show notes and has to create all these links. Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) Oh, well. But
1: I think that's about all that I had.
0: Lots of ideas. Yeah, good ones too. I want to ask a question off the cuff. Is there anything you wish we would have done differently or think we should do differently? I have a couple ideas there.
1: I think now that we're at 200 episodes, this is more of like a a back-end thing, but I'm wondering if we should invest the resources into hiring somebody to do the editing and note writing for us because that is a big burden for whoever happens to be doing it, which happens to be you right now. And I wonder if we could just take that off of our plate. And if we would have, if we left that time to put more energy into guests and interview prep, if we could raise the quality of the podcast or be even further ahead or just be better rested. I don't know. It's, It's a difficult thing because I think the effort that you put into it is maybe expensive to replace.
0: Yeah, and I think when you do the editing in the show notes, that's how you end up knowing the catalog so well. That's true. So it's like, it's a weird trade-off.
1: Especially the show notes, yeah.
0: And with all the money we're making from the show already, I mean, that should be no problem.
1: (laughs) Well, that's the other thing. I don't know. Maybe we should re-explore in the digital garden or dot journeycom coalescing all of our book notes and references to point to a book note that has an affiliate link to buy the book. And then you and use that have. money to pay for editing. I don't know that it's just, a, it's a brainstorm. It's a brainstorm. I have no yeah. idea how expensive it is to hire somebody to edit the podcast. It's probably fairly expensive. How about yourself?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. I asked the question without an answer prepared. Do you like how I did that? I should have been thinking (laughs) while you were talking.
1: Well, let me give you some more time. I I need to resolve to ask more people from my employer to come on the podcast. I've identified, I would say at this point, between five and ten people, and I just have not asked them. Well, there's one person that I asked who was on leave and I didn't follow up, so... I just need to do
0: it. Do it. I think for you and me, us getting better at using less filler words will help. And I think we're getting better, but like we've talked about even off the air, you don't want something going out that has 400 us, ums, you knows from whoever's on it, whether it's us or somebody else. I, I think back to the episodes with Neil Thompson and that guy did not use filler words at all. And that is the, that's the what good looks like for me.
1: He was amazing. He was amazing that way. It really opened my eyes to it. And I thought that my eyes were open from having edited the first hundred and something episodes, but he really put a spotlight on it by being such a pro. It's a really difficult skill to develop. To not use filler words. You have to listen and then you have to pay attention. And that means your attention is split between what you're trying to say and how you're saying it. Very, very difficult. More difficult than I thought.
0: Yeah, most definitely. Well, anything else pop into your mind, John, before we get out of here?
1: No, I think we've rambled on. we said that we were going to try to keep it short and here we are at around an hour. Let's uh, just put a Brief reminder as usual... Yeah, yeah. We're going to make this part one and part two? Is that... No? Okay, just one episode?
0: Three parts, three parts. Okay. Let's make it a trilogy. 200 (laughs) ABC.
1: Nope, we're cutting it off here. (laughs) Just a reminder again that we'd like people to subscribe and give us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you happen to be listening. We want to know if we're being helpful and are always looking for interesting questions to ponder. We're collectively on Twitter, at Nerd Journey, and we really do value your feedback
0: yeah go out there and rate us five stars and tell everyone you know to do the same farewell listeners tune in next time as the journey continues i'm nick cordy at network nerd underscore not the drive time dj for john white at B journeyman signing off adios